0: chapter 26 of the maid of scar this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the maid of scar by rd blackmore chapter 26 bronten burrows the weather was still as fair as could be with a light wind from the east-northeast and as our course lay west by south and the ebb was running we slipped along at the rate of six or seven knots an hour though heavily laden with the colonel's rocks and after a rounding porth call point we came abreast of the old scar house a little after sunset skipper jose would never have ventured inside the Weathers. only that i held the tiller and knew every vein of sand and rock and i kept so close in shore because one of the things that vexed me most in all this sudden departure was to run away without proper ceremony from bardie she was certain to feel it much and too young to perceive the necessity and fried pudding had been promised her at my table come the very next sunday the windows of the old grey mansion gleamed in the fading western light but we described no smoke or movement neither any life or variance only a dreary pile of loneliness in the middle of yellow sands then I rigged out my perspective glass and leveled it on the cuddy chimney. For the catch was a half-decker to spy if the little one might so chance to be making her solitary play as she was used to do all day and most of all ere bedtime and if she should so happen i knew how wild her delight would be to discover a vessel so near the shore because whenever a sail went by even at two or three leagues of distance there was no containing her out she would rush with her face on fire and curly hair all jogging and up would go two little hands spread to the sky and the vast wide sea mammy dear i aunt saw so dear papa has yet is so young It ickle bother such a lot o things bardie's got to tell a and thus she would run on the brink of the waves with hope and sadness fluctuating on her unformed countenance until the sail became a speck however now i saw no token of this little rover unless it were some washed clothes flapping on the russian tufts to dry and Jose called me back to my spell at the helm before i had finished gazing and in less than half an hour the landmark of the ancient house was fading in the dew fog our ship's company amounted to no less than four all hands told viz captain bethel jose alias fuzzy isaac hutchings the mate my humble self who found it my duty to supersede ikey and appoint myself and a boy of general incapacity and of the name of bang making fine weather as we did and with myself at the helm all night and taking command as my skill required we slanted across channel very sweetly and when the gray of morning broke Lundy Isle was on our lee bow hereupon i gave the helm to old ike for beyond this was unknown to me and providence had never led me over barnstaple bar as yet so i tumbled in and turned up no more until we were close on the bar itself about ten o'clock of the forenoon this is a thoroughly dangerous place a meeting of treacherous winds and waters in amongst uncertain shoaling and would be worse than our scar weathers if it lay open to south-west gales we waited for the tide and then slipped over very cleverly with heartland point on our starboard beam and presently we found ourselves in a fine broad open water with plenty of grey stretch going along it and green hills tufting away from it everything looked so mild and handsome that i wondered whether these men of devonshire might not be such fools for bragging after all when tested because when i found no means to escape this degrading voyage to devonshire i had said to myself that at any rate it would enable me to peg down those people for the future not that they boasted so to speak but that they held their tongues at our boasts as much as to say you may talk if you please it does you good and our land is such that we never need contradict you but now when i saw these ins and outs and ups and downs and cornering places and the wrinkles of the valleys and the cheeks of the very rocks set with green as bright and lively after a burning summer as our own country can show in may i began to think though i would not say it through patriotic unwillingness that the people who lived in such land as this could well afford to hold their tongues and hearken our talk with pleasure captain fuzzy said no word to show that he was home again neither did he care to ask my opinion about the look of it and old ike treating me likewise though he ought to have known much better there i found myself compelled by my natural desire to know all about my fellow-creatures to carry on what must have been a most highly flattering patronage towards the boy who did our slop-work and whose name was bang because everybody banged him this boy forgetting the respect which is due to the mate of a ship of commerce for i now assumed that position legally over the head of old ikey who acknowledged my rank when announced to him this ignorant boy had the insolence to give me a clumsy nudge and inquire ye naw thicky pard over yanner them down plasses and them backs?" my boy i replied i have not the honour of knowing anything about them very likely you think a good deal of them why thee must be a born vool them be born burrises be them indeed take this my boy for such valuable information and i gave him a cuff of an earnest nature such as he rarely obtained perhaps as well calculated to be of timely service to him He howled a good bit and attempted to kick, whereupon I raised him from his natural level and made his head acquainted with the nature of the foremast, preserving my temper quite admirably, but bearing in mind the great importance of impressing discipline at an early age. And I reaped a well-deserved reward in his lifelong gratitude and respect while bang went below to complete his weeping and to find some plaster i began to take accurate observation of these bronton burrows, of which i had often heard before from the devonshire men who frequent our coast for the purpose of stealing coal or limestone up and down sort of a place it appeared as i made it out with my spy-glass and i could not perceive that it beat our sands as those good people declared of it only i noticed that these sand-hills were of a different hue from ours not so bare and yellow-faced not so swept by western winds neither with their tops thrown up like the peak of a new volcano rushes spurge and goose-foot grasses and the rib-leafed iris and in hollow places cat's mint loose strife and low eyebright these and a thousand other plants seemed to hold the flaky surface so as not to fly like ours ike broke silence which to him was worse than breaking his own windows and said that all four leagues around was full of giants and great spectres moreover that all of it long had been found an unkind and unholy place bad for a man to walk in and swarming with great creatures striped the contrary way to all good luck and having eight legs every side and a great horn crawling after them and their food all night was known to be travellers' skulls and sailors bones having seen a good deal of land-crabs i scarcely dared to deny the story and yet i could hardly make it out therefore without giving vent to opinions of things which might turn out otherwise i levelled my spy-glass again at the region of which i had heard such a strange account and suddenly here I beheld a man of no common appearance wandering in and out the hollows as if he never meant to stop a tall man with a long grey beard and wearing a cocked hat like a colonel there was something about him that startled me and drew my whole attention therefore with my perspective glass not long ago cleaned and set shipshape by a man who understood the bearings after that rogue of a hezekiah had done his best to spoil it with this honest magnifier the only one that tells no lies i carefully followed up and down the figure some three cables lengths away of this strange walker among the sand-hills we were in smooth water now gliding gently up the river with the mainsail paying over just enough for steerage way and so i got my level truly and could follow every step it was a fine old-fashioned man tall and very upright with a broad ribbon upon his breast and something of metal shining and his hessian boots flashed now and then as he passed along with a stately stride his beard was like a streak of silver and his forehead broad and white but all the rest of his face was dark as if from foreign service his dress seemed to be of a rich black velvet very choice and costly and a long sword hung at his side although so many gentlemen now have ceased to carry even a rapier i like to see them carry their swords it shows that they can command themselves but what touched me most with feeling was his manner of going on he seemed to be searching ever searching up the hills and down the hollows through the troughs and on the breastlands in the shadow and the sunlight seeking for some precious loss after watching this figure some little time it was natural that i should grow desirous to know something more about him especially as i obtained an idea in spite of the distance and different dress that i had seen some one like this gentleman not such a very long time ago but i could not recall to my mind who it was that was hovering on the skirts of it therefore i looked around for help ike hutchings my undermate, was at the tiller but i durst not lend him my glass because he knew not one end from the other so i shouted aloud for captain Jose and begged him to take a good look and tell me everything that he knew or thought he just set his eye and then shut up the glass and handed it to me without a word and walked off as if i were nobody this vexed me so that i hollowed out our all of you gone downright mad on this side of the channel can't a man ask a civil question and get a civil answer when he axeth what consarneth him was the only answer captain fuzzy vouchsafed me over his shoulder i could not find it worth my while to quarrel with this ignorant man for the sake of a foolish word or two considering how morose he was and kept the keys of everything for the moment i could not help regretting my wholesome chastisement of the boy bang for he would have told me at least all he knew if i could have taught him to take a good look and as for ike when i went and tried him whether it was that he failed of my meaning or that he chose to pretend to do so on account of my having deposed him or that he truly knew nothing at all at any rate i got nothing from him this was indeed a heavy trial it is acknowledged that we have such hearts and strength of good-will to the universe and power of entering into things that not a welshman of us is there but yearns to know all that can be said about every one he has ever seen or heard or even thought of and this kind will instead of being at all repressed by discouragement increases tenfold in proportion as others manifest any unkind desire to keep themselves out of the way of it my surdy, no low curiosity is this but lofty sympathy my grandfather nine generations back your wrath the celebrated bard begins perhaps his most immortal ode to a gentleman who had given him a quart of beer with this noble moral precept lift up your eyes to the castle gates and behold on how small a hinge they move the iron is an inch and a quarter thick the gates are an hundred and fifty feet wide and though the gates of my history are not quite so wide as that they often move on a hinge even less than an inch and a quarter in thickness though i must not be too sure of course as to the substance of bang's head however allow even two inches for it and it seems but a very trifling matter to tell as it did upon great adventures the boy was as sound as a boy need be in a couple of hours afterwards except that he had or pretended to have a kind of a buzzing in one ear and i found him so grateful for my correction that i could not bear to urge his head with inquiries for the moment to captain fuzzy i said no more if he could not see the advantage of attending to his own business but must needs go out of his way to administer public reproof to me i could only be sorry for him to ikey however i put some questions of a general tendency but from his barbarous broken english if this jargon could be called english at all the only thing i could gather was that none but true devonshire folk had a right to ask about devonshire families this might be true to a certain extent though i never have seen such a law laid down the answer however is perfectly simple if these people carry on in a manner that cannot fail to draw public attention they attack us at once on our tenderest point and tenfold so if they are our betters for what man of common sense could admit the idea of anybody setting up to be nobody therefore i felt myself quite ready to give a week's pay and victuals in that state of life to which god alone could have seen fit to call me as mate of that devonshire ketch, or hoy or tub or whatever it might be four shillings and a bag of suet dumplings twice a day i would have given to understand upon the spot all about that elderly gentleman it helped me very little indeed that i kept on saying to myself this matters not tis a few hours only the moment we get to barnstaple i shall find some women the women can never help telling everything and for the most part ten times that only contradict them bravely and they have no silence left however it helped me not a little when captain fuzzy with a duck of his head tumbled up from the cuddy brimful as we saw of the dinner-time a man of my experience who has lived for six weeks on the horns of sea snails which the officers found too hard for them that time we were wrecked in the Palamede. what can a man of this kind feel when a trumpery coaster dares to pipe all hands to dinner however it so happened for the moment that what i felt was appetite and fuzzy who was a first-rate cook and knew seasoning without counting had brought an iron ladle up so as to save his words and yet to give us some idea soup it was of a sort that set us thinking of all the meat under it i blew upon it and tasted a drop and found that other people's business would keep till at least after dinner in the midst of dinner we came to the meeting of two fine rivers called taw and torridge and with the tide still making strong we slanted up the former the channel was given to twists and turns but the fine open valley made up for it and the wealth of land on either side sloping with green meadows gently and winding in and out with trees here were cattle as red as chestnuts running about with tails like spankers such as i never saw before but ikey gave me to understand that the colour of the earth was the cause of it and that if i lived long upon corn beef made of them whose quality no other land could create i should be turned to that hue myself at this i laughed as a sailor's yarn but after regarding him steadfastly and then gazing again at the bullocks i thought there might be some truth in it one thing i will say of these sons of devon rough they may be and short of grain and fond of their own opinions and not well up in points of law which is our very nature queer moreover in thought and word and obstinate as hedgehogs yet they show and truly have a kind desire to feed one well money they have no great love of spending round the corner neither will they go surety freely for any man who is free to run but victuals as they call them victuals before you have been in a house two minutes out come these and eat you must happily upon this point i was able to afford them large and increasing satisfaction having rarely enjoyed so fine a means of pleasing myself and others also for the things are good and the people too and it takes a bad man to gainsay either chapter twenty six